Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Log Talk Radio. <laughs> Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be. Thank you for tuning in to the Locker Talk on the Bachelor News Radio Network, where you hear about NFL stars of tomorrow today. I am your host, Barry Barnes, founder and CEO of Locker-Report.com. And you guys, please, please, please follow me on any one of my social handles, whether it's on Twitter at Locker underscore report, on, on Instagram, Lock Report 100, all small caps, on Facebook, Lock Report um, dot com and also check out Locker Talk podcast on Facebook. But make sure you guys subscribe. Go to the awesome go to the awesome site on YouTube at the Locker Talk. I mean at the Locker Talk podcast on YouTube. Subscribe today. That way, y'all guys can see this show on the video side, but at the same time, be able to follow everything that's going on behind the scenes in regards to the NFL that you will not hear anywhere from anywhere on the planet Earth. I guarantee you, I guarantee you. But make sure you guys always tune in to the uh, bachelornews.airtime.pro where you hear this show at any time of your leisure, 24 hours a day. Okay. Hey, look, I hope everyone is doing well. You know, from from where I'm sitting at, it, it appears that everybody looks good and feeling good. You know, so if everyone's family is on um, fine, everyone is safe. And thank you again. Cannot say it enough. Thank you for tuning in. Taking your time out of the day to hear, hey, what's going on behind the scenes with the NFL? And last week, hey, guys, football is back. The playing season is back. Now, as far as for myself, when it comes down to football, you know, shucks, it, it never ends for me. But it's always extra special when you see the guys out there on the field ready to get down. You know, it's always, always awesome to to be able to see that and to see the players out there, you know, play and get down. Uh, last week, um, I had the um, pleasure of um, getting going to the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, was able to get a chance to, you know, go to the the um, um, Hall of Fame Pro um, Hall of Fame game when the Dallas Cowboys when they face the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I got to say this before I, before I go for, uh, further on. Steelers fans, if you're a Steelers fan and you listen to this show, man, I, it, it, it's, it's not a surprise. It's not a surprise. But when we talk about the most traveled team in the NFL, and the first thing that comes to your mind, yes, are the Dallas Cowboys and the Pittsburgh Steelers. But I would have to say that with the Pittsburgh Steelers, man, you guys travel better than any any team in the NFL. I mean, every year, it's like every time when there's a pro football Hall of Fame, you always see an abundance of Steelers fans there. And to be able to – and every time when there's one of their players that actually is ready to get, you know, go to the Hall of Fame, you know, it, it's, it's almost 10 times or 100 times more than that. And to be able to see the terrible towels, I mean, it, it's nothing like it. It's nothing like it. I swear to goodness. You know, the way how – they love their Steelers players. And when Troy Palomalo came out, that part was amazing. I mean, the, the fans did not want to stop. They just kept cheering, kept cheering. The towels, just, it was just, just being waved aggressively. And they did that for all the Steelers fans. But it was something about Troy. It was something about Troy that makes it even, um, you know, stand out. And, and the cool part about this whole thing, it was funny that someone in, in the press box was saying that he thinks that Troy Palomalo is the most beloved Stealer of all time, and I kind of push back on that only because, frankly, we we do not know um, the Steelers. You know, legends they all are loved by Steeler fans, and it's really hard to really you know say that Troy is 
their biggest fan, you know, you know, it had the biggest fan base with the Steelers, with a favorite Steeler Hall of Fame of all time. It's hard to say that, and especially with the presence that Franco Harris has. Franco Harris's presence at the Hall of Fame, you know, if you have not been there, and those that have been there, you can probably attest to this. That when every time they show that man's face on the jumbotron, or if you see him just having to, to be walking around with the public, or walking around in the Hall of Fame um, uh, museum, you know, fans just stop in awe. And the best part about it is that uh, Franco is definitely a lot older. I would not be surprised if he just took a break. And although we know he's retired and know he's doing a lot of things, you know, with the public and all that kind of stuff, but I would not be surprised if he just take a week off of doing whatever he was doing because he knows that a Hall of Fame weekend, he's going to be stopped every time he is seen, and he's going to take his time to talk to the people. Very personable. I mean, it's really amazing, you know. So when the, the, the person, when the gentleman had mentioned that, he think that Troy is the most beloved, it's really hard to say which one. But when Frank Gordon Harrison, when he shows out, man, it's just it's amazing to see how they go crazy. Lynn Swan was there, of course. Those guys went crazy. You know, Mel Blunt loved, you know, Mel Blunt is, you know, still big, you know, for the size. Like, he'll still be a corner in the NFL. He was there with his family. You know, he also had his, uh, I believe it was his um, his um, nephew or grandson, um, but um, I can't pronounce his first name. My last name is Blunt, definitely um, a relative of his, who went to, I believe, North from um, North Carolina Central. He was with the Miami Dolphins, but he was released um, a few weeks right before training camp. And if I had a guess, the reason, the reason why they probably let him go, because those jeans that he was wearing that night was just ridiculously too tight. So if I had a chance, the reason why he got released, it definitely was because of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Just these skinny jeans is driving crazy, and those bad boys, you know, his blood was not circulating. But anyway, it was great seeing all the, the great legends there, and you still the fans out there. You guys, you know, y'all the best, hands down. It don't it don't come close. You know, it doesn't come close. You know, it was it's always funny to you know see Ray Lewis when they show his face on Jumb- Jumbotron. They they still I mean they just boo Ray Lewis. <laughs> Every time, man, it's, it's the funniest thing. I feel bad for Ray because he want to raise. He raises his hand to wave, but everybody boos him. Like I mean, really bad. He's the one to get booed the most. And, and it's coming to something about Ray Lewis, and we all probably know about his past. But when Andre Reed face is showing, you know, it's just a little bit more cheers than jeers. How it is against Ray Lewis, but. Just wanted to say that, how great it was and the way how the Steelers fans had turned out. And, you know, I'll definitely post the videos and everything on the Locker Talk podcast uh, when I post everything for the latest video so you'll be able to see the presence of Steelers Nation. Now, that was a great um, turnout event, how the two classes, the 2020 class on the Saturday and the 2021 class was on that Sunday. And to always see how the grown men, these legendary grown men, how you really see them humanized, um, especially they have this one event called the round table. Honestly, in my opinion, I think the round table event is the best event there. I mean, outside of the game, outside of the game. You know, the round table event, the way how they have it set up is that they will have the classes of the Hall of Fame players that's gone in. And it's more of like an intimate setting. And they, they uh, you know, they sit around, and they will have a moderator, someone that will facilitate, and just ask personal questions, you know, about their life or certain things that happen on the field, you know. It, you know, it's, it's something, you know, happening at home, something that happened with a, a teammate or coach. It's a very intimate time. Not a lot of media is around. Uh, frankly, if you're a media person, you know, I, for myself, I, I can't report on the round table because it's just, it's just too personal and a way to see how these men open up and cry. Oh my goodness. You see the, the, the faces, these guys, you know, I mean, you know, Charles Wilson, <laughs> the man cried from beginning to end. And, and listen, 18 years in the NFL and you won on every level, Mr. Ohio, everything. I mean, no matter what your comments, when you made the hall of fame, you know, let those tears flow. And it's, it's an awesome sight you know, to see how these men will share certain personal things, intimate things amongst each other, tell stories about each other. You know, it's, it, it was it, it's really, really, you know, amazing to see. And then to see how the class 
how they really, really um, support other players who are not in the Hall of Fame. Um, Mel Blunt was really, really – I would say if any time, you know, from the past times of being there, you know, Mel Blunt, you know, he's, a little, he's definitely a stern guy, you know, but you would see him smile from here and there, you know, occasionally. But he took this Hall of, you know, this Hall of Fame ceremony very personal. And and if you are a football fan, you will probably would take it as well because to see, you know, how Harold Carmichael, um, Donnie Shell, you know, um, um Billy Nunn, you know, how these guys had to wait over thirty years. I mean, you know, kinda of, I mean, um Carmichael, he had to wait, you know, thirty seven years to be able to get into the Hall of Fame. I mean, it was just crazy to see Three dec three at least three decades of talent waiting this long to get into the Hall of Fame. I mean, you know, Donnie Shell, he was the first safety in NFL history to get over fifty interceptions. I mean, and he was undrafted. You know, another player from the HBCU, you know, um rankings to get into the NFL. Matter of fact, there was three, you know, all together this past weekend, you know, with um Carl Michael, um Shell and then none. Uh, none actually played uh, college basketball at West Virginia State. I mean, to see how these guys had to wait so long is definitely a travesty, and that was something that um, that Mr. Blunt had definitely emphasized and talked about, that the committee have to do better, and they do. You know, legendary guys just waiting, continue to wait. You know, there's no sense of, you know, no reasoning to have these guys wait like this, especially being major contributors to the game, you know, and so that was rough. And then you see a back, you know, again, it was still a nation. Steelers, you know, they're going to back each other. And the the big sentiment with still a nation is that, you know, why Heinz Ward is not in the NFL. It was the campaign for, for Shell for many years, and, and he finally got in. Now it's as if everything is shifting right over to Heinz Ward. Heinz Ward, in my opinion, is definitely a Hall of Fame player, you know, uh, and this is what they pushing. You know, Palomalo was pushing it um, when you had um, the Fanica, Al Fanica, he's pushing it. All these guys that was there, even players that's already in the Hall of Fame, especially Steelers, they all pushing it. So I would not be surprised if Heinz Ward is elected into the Hall of Fame um, soon. I mean, Heinz Ward, Ward, he actually introduced, you know, several um of Steelers that went into the Hall of Fame. They always would have someone that be a presenter. And Heinz Ward, Ward had done a couple of them already. You know, so he should, you know, be in Canton, you know, really, really fast, you know, real soon. So I'm looking out for that. Um, you listen to Locker Talk on the Bachelor News Radio Network where you hear about NFL stars of tomorrow today. I'm your host, Barry Barnes, founder and CEO of Locker-Report.com. So that was fantastic. Great, great outing, you know, there. Also, some other good things. And I'm quite for sure you guys heard the speeches. Um, Ezra and James and Ozzy Bruce, Bruce uh, they had the two best speeches. I mean, it was awesome. Peyton Manning was pretty good. That was Comet Lace, you know, taking shots with my man Tom Brady, you know, how he had to wait to 2033 for with the speech. Now, there's, now there's one other thing. I, I got to mention this too, that coming into the ceremony, all the presenters had a, t- a limit of eight minutes to be able to give their speech. And at first, at first, they they really didn't publicize, you know, a time limit. It was just an unwritten rule for the for the for the for the players when they go up to the podium, you know, to give their speech. That you want to have respect for the people that's coming behind you. And you, you, you and of course, you know, you have your certain headliners. You know, you have you know all of them Hall of Famers, but you know, certain Hall of Famers is going to probably catch you know get a couple of minutes or two, you know, to then to say their speech. So they really wasn't really hard on that. But I would have to say that when Ray Lewis had, um, gave his Hall of Fame speech, um, he was up there for almost like 30 minutes. <laughs> almost 30 minutes. I mean, he was up there for a very long time. And and I really believe that was the moment where the committee probably put a time limit on how long they want them to have their speech presented up there. And when Peyton Manning got up there, Peyton Manning had said that, you know, they gave us eight minutes to do a speech. You know, and we want to try to get as much time in and with these. And he said they may have cut his down to six minutes. And he said by the time Tom Brady get to the Hall of Fame in 2032, he probably had to do his speech on Instagram because he won't, you know, have a lot of time to speak. 
at the podium. So that was one of the things that, you know, the, um, that the uh, Hall of Famers was really cognizant about, really thinking about that time, you know, on the stage. And they all pretty much got it in, you know, and tried to respect that time limit. Edwin James talked about how um, he came into the NFL, did not have the look that everybody wanted to see with his, with his dreads and the gold teeth. But he did say he came into the NFL with gold teeth and he's leaving with a gold jacket. That was fantastic. And he said he may look like a profile of someone going to prison, but he do have a prison number. And he said it was like 235. He's in the 260, I mean, 265th, the 260th member of the, National, of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, which was fantastic. And then Ozzie Bruce talked about a couple of players that was looked at towards being better than him. And he said he prayed that they would be alive for this moment so they could see him going to the Hall of Fame. And he said, now, how you like me now? That was great. <laughs> that was a great stuff. Guys, we're going to take a quick pause. Uh, we're going to come back, and then we'll get right into some more stuff dealing with the Hall of Fame and also get into the Hall of Fame game, talk about how my guys, NFL Regional Combine players, did in that matchup. So make sure you guys continue to stay locked in. Now, before we go, always remember, always remember that on, on Friday, Friday evenings from 5, from 5 o'clock to 5.30, we offer, you know, the, we feature the album, artists of today and today is going to be usher usher i went to a concert to see usher several years ago the young man can really sing in person so today he's going to be the featured artist for the featured album on friday artist for today from 5 to 5 30 and make sure you guys listen to whisper softly love songs from 8 p.m to 12 midnight so make sure you guys stay locked in on uh, bestnews.airtime.pro. And then make sure you guys follow this show, following this show. Make sure you stay locked into Yoni Knotts as she gives a dose of dime show, right, 930, right after the locker talk. Make sure you guys stay locked in as she gives everything for us with love, everything with peace, anything you think of, make sure you stay in locked in tune with Donnie Knotts with the dose of the dime show. Now, thanks again. Locked in to Locker Talk on the Bachelor News Radio Network, where you hear about NFL stars of today. I'm your host, Barry Barnes, founder and CEO of Locker-Report.com. Now, when we talked about the Hall of Fame um, ceremony, we talked about a lot of good stuff that happened with the ceremony uh, with the players. And now we're going to you know, shift right into, you know, of course, my guys, the guys that came through the NFL Regional Combine platform. And it was a great, great showing with the players. You know, definitely was something that was, I would say that lived up to the moment. Now, when you look at it with a naked eye, you see, okay, the Dallas Cowboys, you know, you see the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, that was great, you know, to see, you know, the, you know some of the players on the sideline. But when I watch a football game, I'm not really looking for the stars, as you know. I'm only looking at the guys who came through the NFL Regional Combine and, all, and of course, the players that came through the HBCU platform. And we're going to discuss that now. There were no players from the HBCU platform that played in this game. So we did not have that um, this year in the Hall, um, Hall of Fame game. There was no HBCU player that played that was a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers or the Dallas Cowboys. But in this matchup, far as regional combine-wise, uh, there were uh, five players that were from the NFL regional combine platform that was in this game. Now, kicking specialist Jordan Berry uh, for the Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Steelers and Greg Zerline did not play. So they was, you know, on the side, but they was there. So they did not play. But as far as the Dallas Cowboys, it was really, really awesome to see the young man Reggie Davis. Reggie Davis came through the process of the NFL Regional Combine in um, 2017. And one of the things that stands out about, um, about Reggie Davis was that when he came to New Orleans to do his workout, the defensive players normally get worked out first, then followed by the offensive players. You know, uh, it's kind of tough after you get worn out by the defensive players. All of a sudden, offensive players come in the second half of the day, and they flying. And you got to make sure you keep up with those guys when you're evaluating. You know, and so Reggie, offensive player, wide receiver, he had he came and talked. He actually came to me. It was kind of funny. He came to me and said, Coach, Coach, can I talk? I said, well, I'm not a coach, and I'm not one of the coaches, but you have to go and talk to one of the administrators. Well, I don't want to say their names for the sake of privacy, but they had to go and take and talk to one of the administrators or one of the true evaluators that's here that actually worked with the NFL. I mean, worked for the NFL. I just worked with the NFL. So he went and talked to them. Then they came over and told me what was going on. And Reggie, and then Reggie, he came over, and then he briefly talked to me. He said that there was a situation with his family back in Georgia. And if he would have waited to the second half of the day to do his workout, 
he would miss his flight to get back home because he had to be back home. And so we worked him out in the morning session with the defensive players, and he had a, a he had a solid workout. He actually killed. He did a, a great great job getting out there. And so he's been on and off of teams um, since 2017. Did not crack um, an active roster spot yet. Practice squads, yes, but to make an active roster, not not yet. Never got a chance to play in real regular season game, but preseason games, you know, he had his time. And in this matchup, he was able to haul in two passes in this game, totaled to 12 yards, and these passes was back-to-back in the second quarter. Showed great repetition on his routes, was really strong on the, um, out there in the field, selling himself. The Cowboys was working with him on special teams as a return, um, but he did have a blunder late in the, in the fourth quarter. The day was already um, down. Did not see those you know, the Cowboys come back. They was already down by double digits at this point. But um, the, when Reggie was trying to field the punt, the ball landed in front of him and then bounced right off his face guard, and the Steelers recovered the um, the loose ball. So that was um, the, that was uh, you know a blunder on his part. Um, and I know it won't count against him. He's still on the roster, praise God. So I'm happy about that. So the um, Cowboys recognize that he is a speedster, that he has sure that he is sure-handed, and they definitely give him another opportunity for sure because this is the second time he's with the Dallas Cowboys. So the Cowboys definitely know who they have in this young man. Now on the Pittsburgh Steelers side, now the Pittsburgh Steelers, they do a fantastic job in staying on board with the players that come from the NFL Regional Combine. I mean, these guys are really, really good. Their scouting department is, is second to none. I, I really praise those guys. They really, really do their homework there. And in this matchup, has several players, uh, has a couple players. Uh, I'm going to start with uh, Jameer, uh, Jameer Jones from Notre Dame. Now, this young man did not get onto the field until pretty much like in the second half, but he was flying over the field. He did, you know, have a tackle, had a tackle for a loss for a linebacker with his speed to get behind uh, the line of scrimmage as fast as he can to keep his eyes in the backfield was fantastic. Um, to, to, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he's going to do for the rest of the preseason. I'm going to talk heavy about this young man. I think, that, you know, the Steelers definitely, as usual, know how to find linebackers, and I believe that he's one of those guys that's going to be – that's going to make this roster. I mean, he's that good. So make sure you keep your eyes on Jameer Jones from the Pittsburgh Steelers linebacker, number 44. This young man definitely has what it takes. Now, um, Abdullah Anderson, defensive tackle, who spent most of his career with the Chicago Bears. Um, last year he uh, was waived from the Chicago Bears. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings picked him up. Um, he finished out his, um, his season with the Minnesota Vikings. Free agent, Pittsburgh Steelers picked him up. Strong interior, young um, um, defensive tackle, very agile for his size and his speed. So now he's with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He had a tackle in that game just like, you know, Jones did. So continue to watch out for that young man, you know, number 65, Adola Anderson. I think that he'll be a good uh, good um, player there that could provide depth for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And um, last but not least, wide receiver um, Tyler Simmons. Now, Tyler Simmons. Solid, solid young man. I really believe that he's going to be special, especially in this slot uh, position. And he did something in that game. And, 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 and it's very important to be able to take advantage of your opportunities, whether if it's many or if it's great, or even if it's just one opportunity. And one of the things that Tyler Simmons was able to do was to take advantage of his one and single opportunity in this game where he scored – the um, touchdown, first offensive touchdown for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He came in the fourth quarter with eight minutes and 40 second, 47 seconds left. The Steelers were facing third and goal from the Cowboys' five-yard line. Uh, Steelers quarterback Josh um, Dobbs, he received the ball from shotgun formation, went through his progression starting from his left, middle of the field, and then quickly looked to his right and threw uh, out through the post or post pass to Simmons, who was in, in, um, in the um, end zone, wide open because of what Simmons did, how he took how he took off from snap, bounced inside, and then cut back to the outside, and he found himself wide open at least six yards away from the defender. And it was an easy read for Dobbs to be able to see, and Simmons was able to get his first career uh, touchdown in the NFL, which was really, really great. So that was really good to see 
how he was um, able to get all taken care of for his first touchdown in the NFL. So that was that was awesome to be able to see that in that game. So the Steelers regional combine players stepped up, did that thing in the Hall of Fame game, looking forward to seeing what these guys are going to do for the rest of the season and then ultimately going into the regular season for the 2021 campaign. You listen to Locker Talk on the Bachelor News Radio Network, where you hear about NFL stars for tomorrow. Today, I'm your host, Barry Barnes, founder and CEO of Locker-Report.com. Now, when we talk about HBCU players, and we talked about the regional um, combine players, but right now there's 84 players from the NFL, regional combine that's in the NFL. Opening up the preseason, HBCU players is down to 35. Uh, we had three players from the HBCU that um, that are no longer with their team. Um, Julian uh, Julian Munton from Prairie View quarterback was with the Indianapolis Colts. He got released um, over the weekend by the Indianapolis Colts, so he uh, was released. Uh, one of the, one of the ones that jumped off the page was really strange was that for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive lineman Calvin Ashley. He walked off the team with the Bucks. No one knows uh, why. Um, there's no reports on him as why he walked off the team. Um, I did talk to someone uh, within the front office. They're going to investigate to see what's going on because I'm curious to see why um, that young man left that team. So instead of starting off with 38, kicking off the preseason, there were there are 35 HBCU talents in the NFL. Hopefully. That number can stay or go higher on average since 2019. The league averaged 31 HBCU players among the 1,700 players that's in the NFL. You know, so hopefully this number stay locked in with 35 or at least, you know, increase with some other signings. Um, but um, hopefully it doesn't dip down any lower. Last year, the season ended with 32 HBCU players. Um, at least as uh, far as uh, record. Um, and here, here in line is that Darius Leonard, linebacker for the Indianapolis Colts. He is now the highest-paid linebacker in the NFL. Um, at the very own South Carolina State um, product legend, uh, I call him legend, um, has signed a five-year extension of $99.25 million. He will earn $20 million per year for the, for the first three seasons but the $52.5 million is guaranteed. So Darius Leonard, linebacker, Indianapolis Colts, has done it. He did his thing. He, put, he, had trans, he actually set his family up for generational worth. So that's fantastic. Congratulations to Darius Leonard representing the HBCU platform for his career. Just four years in, folks, 366 tackles, 19 sacks, nine forced fumbles, seven interceptions, and he also had a touchdown in just my fault, three seasons with the Indianapolis Colts. So clearly the best linebacker in the NFL, showing that he's undeservedly um, so as being the most highest paid linebacker in the, um, in the NFL. So that, was, so that was fantastic to see what Darius Leonard um, is doing in the NFL, how he's representing the HBCU platform and also representing his team. Now he got to help his team to be able to at least first get deep into the um, postseason and then hopefully, hopefully down the road can win a Super Bowl. But um, hopefully that he can continue to stay in good health. I know he was banged up last year. Um, hopefully that he's, you know, but he's going to start the season off um, injured. Um, but when the regular season comes, I know he'll be out there soon, ready to, you know, to um, get down. So I'm looking forward to seeing Darius Leonard coming back healthy this year and helping taking the Indianapolis Colts to the next level. So that's what's going on with the HBCU now. Now, you guys, next week we're going to talk about what the players did in week one of the NFL preseason, give a highlight of what these um, NFL regional combine players have done. We're going to revisit the HBCU players for us on a monthly at the end of preseason, talk about collectively what all of these guys have done during the preseason. But next week we're going to talk about what went on in week one for the NFL regional combine players. Why? in one week for the regional and why one month for the HBCU. HBCU don't have a lot of players there to really talk about um, right now. So to give a, a strong report monthly, that's what we're going for. Regional combine players 
have a lot of players there to report on, and all of them doing well, and they got to stay on top of that. Thank you for tuning in to Locker Talk on the Bachelor News Radio Network, where you hear about NFL stars of tomorrow today. I'm your host, Barry Barnes, founder and CEO of LockerDashReport.com. And make sure you guys follow me on all, all of, my, of my social handles, on Twitter at Locker underscore report, on Instagram, LockerReport100, all Smartcast, Facebook, LockerReport.com, and Locker Talk Podcast on Facebook. And make sure you guys subscribe today, Locker Talk Podcast, on YouTube, and make sure you guys stay locked in on BachelorNews.AirTime.Pro. To check this show out 24 hours a day. Everyone stay safe. Stay locked in. Johnny Knox is up next. The Dose of Dime Show, folks. Everyone stay blessed. Talk to you guys soon. your DJ and dance junkie with today's dose of dive. So listening, guys, I am so happy that you are here. You are listening to me on the Bachelor News Radio Network, and it is a wonderful day today. Although in Oklahoma, we're kind of cloudy. It's uh, a little, uh, okay. So if you want to join the fun, if you want to get in and make comments or actually have some of the conversation, you can call in at 646-929-0130. You can also uh, hit up the chat lines if you're listening online, um, and that's uh, the Bachelor News dot airtime dot po and then of course bachelor is spelled with b-a-t-c-h-e-l-o-r news dot airtime dot pro you can join in give me comments questions concerns whatever it is if you want to talk about topics you can also do that too so listen if you also want to get involved if you want to join the conversation we actually have a very active facebook group so we are on it is a public group. It is called a Dose of the Dime radio show. And if you want to get involved, if you want to uh, have some comments, we talk about relationships. We talk about, you know, the roles that we play and the differences in our opinions. And it's for everyone. So if you wanted to come in, join in, and get some of that uh, love, you are welcome to do so, okay? It is, again, a public group. Get in, get your opinions in, because it is kind of fun. We, we have to listen to some of these, these comments that are being made by both sides. Oh, my goodness. It's almost like a war, at least, between the sexes. It's kind of funny. So, anyways, uh, I am on Facebook Live on A Dose of the Dime radio show. And um, today we are talking about uh, – we're wrapping up the narcissist thing because this has gone on for four episodes. And it is very taxing to talk about. If you want to see me live, see what I look like, uh, you can join the Dose of the Dime radio show. Again, it's on Facebook. I am on live there, and I'm looking at my chat room, and I see, hey, Nicole, what's up, girl? She actually does pure romance. She's pretty good at it, too. So, let hey, check her out. So, again, um, the question of the day is, okay, so, one, I did notice a Facebook post by one of my friends, um, her name is Cheryl, and she said not everybody is in a toxic relationship. Not everybody has a narcissist in their life. Has it become like this big deal where everybody is a narcissist? And, again, I'm going to say no. Not everybody is a narcissist. Now, listen, a lot of us have toxic traits. A lot of us have narcissistic traits. And remember, if you remember from the first show, and if you don't haven't watched my first show, go back on the uh, Facebook group and you can listen to it there, or you can go to uh, the uh, website, thebachelornews.airtime.pro, and you can find the show there, and it will just say narcissist on it. But we talked about that having a little bit of narcissism in your life is actually a good thing because it is the vanity. It is a little bit of the self-pride. It is the self-confidence. Having some of that, feeling like you're too good for certain things, those are standards. That's what everybody should have. So do not ever feel like, oh, well, if I have this trait, I'm a narcissist. No, a narcissist, narcissistic personality disorder is actually five of the eight criteria 
that are set out by the DSM-4. Uh, for those of you, again, on Facebook Live, I'm going to show you what that looks like. This is this big, ugly, Bible-looking thing that is what us therapists have to use in order to diagnose people. So, no, not everybody is a, ther- is a um, narcissist. However, there are a lot of people who have narcissistic personality traits, and that's what you want to be on the lookout for because that can lead to a toxic relationship, not necessarily a narcissistic relationship. I don't know if there's a difference. They both probably hurt and suck. So. Think about it that way, okay? <laughs> so last week, so we actually talked about our gaslighting, which is one of the tactics that narcissists use, use in order to keep you in control. So why do they do it? If you catch them in a lie, they're going to do it. If uh, they want to change the narrative, if they're starting to look bad, because you got to remember, narcissists, they always want to look good. If you're, they're starting to look bad in your eyes, they're going to change the narrative. So they're going to do what they can in order to make you feel like, Maybe I didn't see that. Maybe it, maybe that's not right. Uh, they also want to gain control of you. And what is the best way to gain control of a person? By making them think they're not all together. Maybe making them doubt themselves. That is the ultimate way to gain control. And, of course, to make you question your own judgment. Because if you don't believe what it is that you think you saw, they can't have total control of the whole narrative. They can change it and make it whatever they want. This is why narcissistic personality disorder or or toxic relationships that involve gaslighting are one of the most emotionally abusive things ever because it's hard to come back from that. Once you start doubting yourself, start doubting your own mental capacity, where do you go from there? I mean, it's hard. So consider that. It is one of the most, the more troubling types of emotional abuse that I have seen. I mean, it goes pretty bad, okay? So there are two types we talked about, again, last week. The invalidating, which almost everybody does, because we always feel like we have it worse than someone else. If somebody is doing a job, and are like, man, I did that, plus this, plus that, and this, and a third. You, you worried about that? I've done that. That's invalidating somebody's experience. The best example I've heard, of course, is if a kid skins their knee, they fall, and they bust their knee. You're like, baby, it's not that bad. Suck it up. Cry, you know, stop crying. It's okay. That is one of those things that we talked about as, as far as um, invalidating somebody's experience. It's the best example. We do that to people, even in our, our lives. Girl, you're all right. When I went to, uh, when I was in school, I went to work, I had three kids. That doesn't make it any less hard for that person to function. Okay. So another one, the other one is the malicious kind. It is absolutely the total manipulation of the situation. This is where they're denying things. This is where they're lying. This is where they're making you feel like you cannot trust yourself, okay? And it's not just in relationships. This can also be in friendships. Also, <laughs> in, in parental relationships, in family relationships, your sister could be a narcissist. Your mother could be a narcissist. Those are things, okay? So gaslighting can happen on little, on, on definitely different levels. So um, they want to make you think that you are crazy. They want to shift the blame from them, and that's what they do. So misdirection is one of the, the bigger tactics, like, you know, oh, sweetie, I did this because we couldn't handle it, or I did this because um, we weren't functioning right, or I did this because, you know, you don't love me enough, so I had to step out on our relationship. You didn't give me enough attention, so I had to go seek it from somewhere else. That is one of those classic misdirections lead you to blame yourself for something that they did. Hey, Leslie, what's going on? Thank you for tuning in. Um, also, they use your triggers. For me, it's abandonment. So they'll use something. That's why nobody loves you. That's why nobody stays around to ever hear you out. That's why you have no friends. And they use your triggers to work on you. And once they hit that one, they sweet spot, you know, that spot where you can't control it and you go off and they say, see, I told you you were crazy. See, you just showed everybody you were crazy. They especially love to do that in public. So please be mindful. Again, we talked about one of the number one ways to figure out if you're dealing with somebody with narcissistic uh, tendencies is to tell them no about something simple. It doesn't have to be huge. Just tell them no and see if they throw fit. If they throw fit, you might be dealing with somebody who has some, you know, some tendencies. Just going to put that out there, okay? Um, 
they try to manipulate the situation so it looks like you are off and you're going, I'm looking at this. I see what you're doing. And I'm not wrong, right? I'm not wrong, right? So consider somebody's yelling at you. They're yelling at you. And you say, can you please stop yelling at me? And they go, I'm not yelling at you while they're yelling at you. <laughs> it's those type of situations that make you feel almost insane. And there's levels to this, okay? So at the beginning, you're in this level of kind of disbelief, like, I can't believe that. They, 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 you make excuses for it. He didn't mean to do that. He didn't mean to do that. He loves me so much. He's just, he, he wants to protect himself, so he didn't mean to do that. Oh, and then the second level, of course, defense, where you actually start questioning what you say. You start defending their position because, of course, after the – we talked about the love bombing. After the love bombing, um, you really do care about this person because they've given you everything that you didn't have, and now they're not showing you as much love. And so it's the frustrating thing. So, yeah, it started – when you start – questioning yourself. You go, okay, so maybe I didn't see that. Well, maybe they didn't say it like that, even though you know in your head that they did. They did. They just, they're trying to change the narrative. And then, of course, the last phase, which is where they want you, is depression, where you can't make a move without them. Everything you do requires a question to them or to someone else because you don't trust your own judgment enough. And that's the thing. All right, I do want to pause for the cause. And I do want to tell you that, man, I am on the Bachelor News Radio Network, and this is a wonderful station to be on. I love being on here. Uh, let me tell you, we have Feature Album Friday. It is a wonderful thing that they do. Uh, it's actually going to be today, 5.30 Eastern Standard Time, 6.30 Central Standard Time. And, you know, i got to put Central in there because my Oklahoma peeps, they listen too. And today's artist. So what, what Feature Album Friday is? It's like 30 minutes of one artist, and they play like their total discography, and it's just it's a nice thing. So today's artist is going to be Usher. I really, really wish that I could go to Las Vegas and see the show. Alas, all of the hotels are booked. The only one had room was Trump Towers. Guess where I'm not going to stay? And, of course, oh, I'm sorry, correction. Feature Album Friday is going to be 5 o'clock Eastern Standard Time this time and 6 o'clock Central Standard Time. So keep that in mind, not, five, not 5.30, 5 o'clock. Okay, so where can you find this wonderful love, this wonderful music? It's going to be at the Bachelor News Radio. I'm sorry, thebachelor.airtime.pro. That's the Bachelor, B-A-T-C-H-L-E-O-R, news.airtime.pro. That's where you can find it. And don't forget, they play love songs almost every night except for Saturday. It's called Whisper Softly. Softly. And it's going to be from 8 to midnight, and they just play love songs. It's kind of like the quiet song, but, you know, our version. A little sexier. Tune in. You'll like it. Just put it on and make sure you make that happen, okay? It, it kind of sets the mood for the entire night. So definitely tune in and get that going. So let's talk about today's topic now. The effects, the side effects of gaslighting. Number one, you start second-guessing yourself. How do you know that you're being gaslit? Everything you do, well, did I, do I, should I really do this? You start second-guessing yourself. I mean, stuff that you would normally be all over, you start second-guessing yourself. Two, you start walking on eggshells, especially around people who tend to appear like they have power. You start second-guessing yourself. You start walking on eggshells, watching what you say, becoming quiet, especially if you're not a quiet person. I'm not a quiet person. Like, you need to know that. You feel the need to apologize for everything. Like, stuff that's not even your fault. That's a problem. If you feel guilty about somebody not having a good time, that's not your fault. That's their fault. Or it's the event's fault. It's not your fault, okay? You put everybody in front of yourself. That's the thing. You would, I mean, there's a quote. I think we talked about it last week. You do not set yourself on fire in order to make other people feel warm. You are not the scapegoat. You do not hold everybody's uh, future in your hands. You, this is not your job. And you feel overwhelmed because you are trying to make everybody happy. That's the thing. Now, for us, a lot of us single mothers, we do this naturally because we, some of us feel guilt about our kids. This is not what I'm talking about. This is because you don't feel 
you feel like everything is your fault. And it's not. All right. Um, so how, here's another one. If you feel like a weaker version of yourself, if you can remember times when you have stood up to people and now you no longer have that fire, that will, that drive, that's, that's a pause for the cause. And maybe that you have been gaslit and maybe you don't feel as confident as you used to. Or if you're afraid to ask for what it is that you need, if you're afraid to ask for the things that you just, you basic need, and you feel silly asking for stuff that you want, or if you always feel like the answer is going to be no, so you just don't ask, that's a sign. So definitely check that out. Make sure that you get, um, make sure that you are noticing your pattern. Okay. So let's talk about things that you can say if you're being gaslit. How to kind of stop it, or how to kind of postpone it, or how to kind of deflect it. So when they come at you, you're weak, you're toxic, you're petty. When they come at you with these names, don't respond or respond in a way that's like, okay, whatever you say. One of the statements that I love the most is that people who are in spiritual alignment, they will okay you to death. Whatever it is that you say, we're going to okay you to death. I suck. Okay. I'm sorry you feel that way. Those are statements that will stop a narcissist from wholeheartedly gaslighting you. It will make them pause, okay? So you can say, I'm sorry you feel that way. You can say, it's okay. I can't control how you see me. That's a different one. That's, that's one that will get them in your field. And you know what? I accept how you feel about me. These are ones that will pause gaslighting. If you are in the midst of getting, pause, uh, getting gaslit, these are statements that will help you pause it especially if it's getting out of control and you're starting to get hurt, okay? I, I, whatever you say, okay, I'm sorry you feel that way. It's okay. I can't control how you see me. And you know what? Maybe you're right. Now, understand, these are statements to pause the gaslighting. Do not in any way, shape, or form believe them. It's not okay. It's they're not right. Keep moving forward, okay? So, what do you do at that point? When you figure out, yeah, I'm being gaslit, I need to probably make some moves. So how do you how do you move forward? One, decide what you can do with this relationship. If you cannot leave this relationship, I mean, literally, if it's a mother or it's a, a, a ex-husband or and you have kids or it's a, somebody or somebody that you can't walk away from, then there are different measures that you can take. For uh, mothers, you can limit your time. You can, again, use the phrases that I just told you. Um, for, like, people going through a divorce, you can use parenting apps. There are apps that help you, uh, they become the mediator. And if any language is detected that is narcissistic or degrading, it reports it immediately. So these are things that you can do if you cannot leave the person that is gaslighting you. So, okay, what if you can? All right, are you ready? Because if you're not ready to leave, if you're not ready to go, then there's no point in even exercising those, these steps. If you're going to find yourself back, right back with them, it's going to get worse. Because the thing about people who are toxic and people who have narcissistic personality traits, it never stops. If they want you and you are part of their, their plan, their design, they're going to continue to harass you. They're going to continue to um, mess with you. It could be five years after the fact they will still try to text you. I have a friend, and we, and we joke about this, you know, the females, we joke about this. And, guys, I, I'm sure you feel the same way. I don't know because I don't have guy friends like that, but. We'll joke about this whenever we start feeling good or we start seeing somebody new or, you know, things are going positive in our life. We'll get a text message from this person like, hey, girl, how you been? It's always when you're doing well. It's almost like they have an instant, a light comes on. Oh, time to mess our life back up. All right. And again, guys, I'm not coming for you. I just don't have the information. I'll be trying to get it from you on Facebook. Y'all don't be talking. So I understand. But listen, it's almost like they have a bat signal <laughs> that your life is going well, so they want to try and mess it up. So if that is the case, then you want to make sure that the first thing you do if you're trying to leave is limit all contact. I call it uh, radio silence. You got to 
blocks them from Facebook, blocks them from Snap, blocks them from all social medias. Stop talking to them. If you can, again, I'm not talking about people that's in the middle of a divorce. I'm not talking about people that, that are, are family. You limit that conversation. But if you are in a space where you can move, move. Block. No, it's radio silence. Do not give up your power. Do not try to find closure. You move. Don't look back. Because the minute you look back, they got you. They're going to reel you back in. Because remember, they know all your triggers. They know what you want. They're going to breadcrumb you to get you back. They're going to give you that little bitty piece, that stuff that you like, to get you back. So you got to be, you got to, you got to stand firm. You got to stand firm. Okay. So you want to limit your contact. And then you want to acknowledge the abuse. You got to tell, be honest about what happened to you. Number one, it is not your fault. It is not your fault. We are wired, hardwired at an early age with whatever trauma has happened to us to feel a certain way about certain people, okay? Uh, Our mothers didn't give us enough attention. Uh, Our fathers were never in in the house. These can set up set us up for neglect and, and um, abandonment issues. They're not the same thing, by the way. Um, and if you have some abandonment issues, some low self-esteem, or and I'm just talking some. I'm not talking. I, I am telling you, one, this is not your fault because there are there are uh, licensed professionals who have fallen into. Uh, toxic relationships because we all have a little bit of some trauma in our life that sets us up to a space where we're like, oh, wow, he's given us everything that we need, everything that we need, that type of thing. When they love bombers, that's when they get it, remember? That's when they get it because they're giving us everything that we, we felt like we missed, all right? And then you want to find somebody, and I'm, and I'm always talking about finding your friend group, finding that one or two person group that will support you through this breakup, this walk away. They cannot have any affiliation to your uh, toxic person. Um, they have to be specifically for you. And if they're specifically for you, tell them out loud, out loud, saying out loud is something that will be helpful for you to acknowledge what has happened to you. All right, so it's a real thing. Journal it. When you're in the midst of this is what happened, you get reminded, you get triggered by something, journal it, put it down, write it out, and then read it back to yourself. Because, of course, this is how you get your brain to acknowledge that something has happened and I am not okay. And this is where you're going to find your strength to continue to limit that contact and block them out. Does that make sense? Okay, so why is it that we are so susceptible because and think about it this way it's always something that happened when we were kids so when you're three years old what three-year-old do you know has self-esteem problems it doesn't feel like they're good enough it's not a three-year-old on the planet that i feel like is going i, I don't you don't like me I, listen the three-year-olds that i know <laughs> their major threat is i am not your friend they know that their relationship, their love, their friendship means something. So what happened to us between three and now that makes us feel like we're not worth anything? Not us. It's something that came from somebody that we loved, we cherished, or we were made to feel a certain way by somebody else. We have to find that confidence again to say, my love, my person, my energy is special. And you know what? You can no longer play with me anymore. <laughs> you can't be my friend. I want you to be my friend. Yeah, you have to do that. Unfortunately, it is what it is, okay? So knowing that, knowing that you were not born inferior, you were not born inferior, God did not make junk, you were not born inferior, and knowing that there is somebody for everybody, okay? I do not care. I do not care. Now, you may have to go through some stuff to get to that person, but you are born with a mate. And you may have to change your idea of what that looks like, but yeah, you have somebody that's here for you, okay? So the next thing that we would need to do is start breaking those patterns, recognize it to yourself, like, ooh, I see where it is that I let my boundaries slide and this person was able to get in. It's a real thing. 
you have to stay firm on your boundaries, okay? Take the time to heal from your trauma. Get busy. I know a lot of people are like, oh, you should, you should not just distract yourself. Hell yeah, I want you to distract yourself. I want you to join a gym. I want you to go walking. I want you to make playlists. I want you to paint. I want you to, I don't know, break out crayons. I do not care. You need to get busy, and you need to distract yourself. Now, while you're distracting yourself, you also need to do something for your inner thoughts. You need to work on your affirmations. I got a bomb one today, and I'm going to make sure that you guys hear it today because I think, I think we've been lacking on the affirmation, so I want to make sure that we get it today, all right? And if not, I'm going to post it in the group for sure, all right? And I need you to not have judgments about yourself. So because you miss somebody that treated you like trash, does that mean that they're a good person? No. It means that you are a human and that they gave you something at one time that you needed. And unfortunately, we hold ourselves accountable for our feelings. It is not your fault that you got taken advantage of. But once you know that you've been taken advantage of, it is now your responsibility to make sure that you don't aren't ever again. Okay? So is it your fault? No. But once you know, you are now responsible for that information. You may not fall back into that and still be an innocent victim. Does that make sense? We don't do victims. We do survivors. Most of us have survived some type of trauma, some type of tragedy, some type of toxic relationship. Do not hold yourself accountable for what happened to you initially. Now, if you go back, that's on you. It's a choice at that point. I love you, but I'm going to give you the 100% truth. Okay. Try new things. Reclaim yourself. We lose a large portion of ourselves, especially if we get married to these people. We lose a, lose a large portion of ourselves because we want to participate and be in the stuff that they're in. And that's fine. Don't lose yourself in the process. Um, it's funny. Uh, I, I've said this, and I've seen it happen. People that get involved with me and with dance while they're married usually end up having problems in their relationship related to them going to dance because their happiness is no longer coming solely from that other person. Dance brings about happiness, uh, healing, and everything else. Dance is, hey, that's my first love. You understand that, okay? So do understand that this is also a time period in life. It is not forever. Nothing lasts forever. Everything requires growth. So this period, this time where you're feeling like your heart is torn into shreds, you are, your mind is there, you're waiting on your heart to catch up. Do not punish yourself for having feelings because it's, it's, everybody does. But your past self that was strong and handled business is obviously not the current self. But guess what? Your current self won't have anything on who your future self is if you get it together now. Make the steps now so that you can move forward and to make your future better. If not for you, then for everybody else that that loves you. Real talk, okay? So let's go over this one more time. We have, (laughs) I want to get out this affirmation, all right? It is, I love myself. I honor myself. I respect myself. And I trust myself. I am my biggest fan and my best friend. I can do anything. One more time. I love myself. I honor myself. I respect myself. And I trust myself. I am my biggest fan and my best friend. And I can do anything. Okay? So with your adding these new things to your your life, adding the dance, adding the working out, adding the I don't know if you're going to church, doing praise team, whatever new thing it is that you're doing, you also want to make sure that you're doing your meditation, doing prayer, doing affirmations, going within, telling yourself that this is not your fault. You can move forward from this. And you can find somebody. And I always tell, you can find somebody better. I always tell the little, the teenagers that, you know, are in my therapy groups that what if, what if this was just the setup for you to meet your soulmate? What if for every person that you go through, you're that much closer to meeting your soulmate? So this is Yanni on A Dose of the Dime. I hope you enjoyed listening to this. 
on the Bachelors Radio Network. I'm not done. Uh, please hit me on all my social media, and I hope to see you next week on the Bachelors Radio Network. Peace. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.